0: Yeah, they need a superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here I go, I now there I go, there
1: I go. When you need me, you know how to let me know. Let me know. Let all me you know. gotta do is holler. If you need a super Cause hero. I'ma hero. hear you when you holler. When you need that
2: superhero. Yeah,
0: Gravita. When you need me, all you gotta do is holler, Gravita. Not for real, I'ma hear you when you holler. I'll be
3: What's up, everybody? We're back for FSCon day number three.
0: Sunday Funday.
3: I am Mike Watson, publisher of Freestyle Comics, and this is Veronica Smith, colorist,
2: editor.
3: And we are in the building for the first time on the third day of a FSCon show. Uh, last year we did this thing completely virtual, but you know, we said, F it, we going forward today. Full con weekend, having a great time. Um, we're set up here at Comic Town. Uh, we're getting it started. I'm, I'm I actually I can't get started yet because, like, not fully. I'm gonna I'm gonna order a breakfast sandwich from across the street. I need some sausage and eggs, um, in my system.
0: Maybe hash
3: browns. Um, so yeah, yeah, a little bit of hash <laughs> browns. We woke up this this morning and our Geronimo's tire had a flat, so we had to get some air into his tire so we can get home today. Uh, I mean, hey, it, it's. It's fun, man. You just, just got to roll with these punches. You got to duck and dodge. You got to keep maneuvering through and making things happen. Uh, but we will be here again. We got a full slate of some awesome panels uh, to get through today. I uh, can't wait to get, some, get through these. These are some of the juiciest ones that we have. Again, if you're in the Columbus, Ohio area roundabout, uh, you got nothing to do today. Come hang out with us. We got tons of comics. We got lo- uh, loads of products here for you guys to come check out. Plus, Comic Town is a dope comic shop. Shout out Comic Town, our home store, for hosting this event for us and our sponsor, one of our big sponsors. Oh, yeah. Brand new book just dropped from us. Uh, I want to shout out another sponsor, uh, the Moana Nui Podcast. Uh, they are awesome. They're spectacular. Go check their podcast out every Thursday night on the Agents of Geekdom Network. Uh, they have done a lot for us to help get us here. Uh, also, <clears throat> Creative Control Fest, another sponsor yesterday. We were able to do something very special with our kids yesterday because of creative co-fest um i remember going as a child going places with my with my mom and whatnot and we would only have enough money to get in and uh, uh the show that i was at in montgomery alabama did something really cool where they created convention bucks, uh where they had a, a little bit of money and they gave it to the kiddos um in these little little cash money, these little cash things, and the kids got to buy things, and then the convention paid those vendors back out at the end of the day, and that way kids didn't have to worry about not having any money and just having the money to get into the show, and they got to participate in stuff, and because of Creative Control Fest, we got to do that yesterday with the kids. Uh, As soon as I told them that they had, uh... oh, look at, oh, hey, look at this guy, look at him.
0: I know you would have cried if I wouldn't have got you. (laughs) one
3: But um, you, I wish you guys could have seen it yesterday. How excited the kids were when um I was able. I was like, "Hey, hey, 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 hey kids, come here! Oh y'all, come here, come here! Come here! Guess what? Y'all got some money!" And they was like, "What you talking about?" I was like, "No, no, y'all got some money. This is this is y'all's budget. Go go check out each one of the tables around here and go go buy you something. Go buy you something, But keep track of it though, cause I you ain't got that much of a budget. But you got a little something here to dance with." uh it 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 was cool man watching them buy and support all the tables here yesterday so shout out creative patrol fest thank you for that we really appreciate it but hey let's get it cracking man i'm about to bring up my man who uh is up super early in california to host this panel for us so this is about to be a good one y'all let me give it up for my man michael
2: yo 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 what's up what's up what's up what's up nerd soul Nerd Soul Light, N E I D yeah. S O U L. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, podcast, all that jazz. <laughs> nice to see y'all. <laughs> Early so morning from beautiful sunny Los Angeles, California. Hey,
3: hey! Shout out, thank you, man. I appreciate you for <laughs> doing this, hosting it. Uh, but we're about to get uh, we're about to get this started. Our panel today, uh, the first one is making a story flow. Woo! We got, we got, we got some talent. We got some talent here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if Brian J. Lambert watched uh, the rest of the show yesterday, but we did officially announce him uh, taking over the writing duties for Emerald Quest, starting with issue number five. Uh, a lot of people were uh, excited about that. Uh, my man my man, Brian writes some books, man. He writes some books, so <laughs> we're very excited to have him um, bring his talents to that comic book. Uh, Ted Secura, I am a huge fan of Ted Secura and his work, man. So uh, I, I've got all, all their books. I see them at all the shows. Uh, the, the man is a beast. Uh, Jeremy over here is is incredible with uh, his podcasts and his voiceovers and his reviews and stuff. Hmm. So uh, I, I'm very interested to see how, how how you guys work this channel up and talk about stories. But I'm 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 done hyping y'all up. I'm gonna get y'all out here <laughs> and do y'all thing.
2: Oh uh, man, this what's up? This what's up? We got Jeremy. We got Brian. We got Ted. Uh, what's up, guys? How's it going? Is you know what I'm saying it's awesome to see y'all. Um, we are here, of course, like you said, making the story flow. We want to say thank you. Shout out to, you know, Freestyle Comics, everybody that supported. Shout out to Columbus, Ohio, all y'all doing y'all thing. But it's all about stories, all about, you know, you know, moving them characters forward uh, so we can get everyone introduced. I'm going to start, you know, as you can see on your screen, kind of like a round robins. I'm going to start with Jeremy, then after Jeremy, Brian, then after Brian, Ted. But uh, introduce yourself and what you work on. Greetings, my name is Jeremy and Herald of the Suri Monster. Um,
0: I'm a reviewer, podcaster, illustrator, and aspiring author, and I focus on short
2: stories, particularly the horror genre. Okay, and just so you know, you are breaking up like a little bit, like it's doing a roboty thing a little bit, but we're we'll, we gonna be all right. Sorry, Brian, go ahead. Right. Sir.
1: Oh, you're muted. Talking to myself over here, I had like a whole full on conversation. But also it's early for me on the West Coast too. Uh, I'm, I'm also on Cali time, Mike. So uh, I feel your pain and you feel mine. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'm Brian Lambert, Wingless Comics. Uh, my flagship title is Justice. Uh, we just finished up issue three. We're going to be moving into issue four. We also did a uh, crossover series with concept moon and uh constant hustle comics called nightfall. Um, uh, I edit, uh ah, for everybody, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like to say like, I'm your favorite writers, favorite writer, uh, to steal a quote from a, quite a few people, but, um, uh, obviously I'm taking over for Emil quest, which I'm really, really excited for. Um, I've worked with concrete comics, Greg Anderson, Elize. uh, uh, Robert Jeffrey, one three three art, kind of anybody out there. Uh, I like to try to learn from and
4: and, and do my thing. Nice, nice. Ted, uh, is my audio working? Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I'm the president of Hero Tomorrow Comics, and I'm also a filmmaker. Actually, started my career doing films, and uh, I do a lot of documentary work. Where you're you know, kind of just shooting interviews and and you know trying to make a story after the fact. So I've, I felt that that's kind of helped my uh, comic book creation process as well. Uh, we do four books so far. We have a the Undiscovered Animal, Tap Dance Killer, Punchline and the Vaude Villains, and Bloom. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I'll throw this out to anyone who wants to, uh,
2: you know, go in and jump on this question first. When it comes to uh you know just writing in general, you know when you were first getting uh started, when you first started ma- you know coming up with ideas just on the most base level, what was that story or that movie or that show that inspired you?
1: I guess I'll jump in. <laughs> um I'm an eighties kid, so i I feel like we had quite a few things that uh were able you could jump off of them. Um, mm-hmm. really easily. My favorite or what started to me novel writing, not comic writing was um, Willow, man. I loved Mad Mardigan. He was the <laughs> greatest character I had ever seen as a kid. Um, and so that got me into like medieval allure and, and uh, you know, ancient Japan and, you know, so you, you start to tumble into different things um, through what we see through visual medium and things like that. So mm-hmm. for me, again, it was like, it was like those kind of movies that that Lucas film stuff that was happening at the time. Um, there again, a lot of expansive movies. You had like The Running Man, you had a bunch of sci-fi uh, ideas coming out at the time, sci-fi and fantasy ideas, but they weren't necessarily fully developed um, in certain cases. They made great movies, but the properties themselves weren't necessarily developed. And I always just wanted to do more. Like I think everything I, I did, like a lot of us started as fanfic in my brain and then it became something else as I grew and got more knowledge and and, created and kind of started to perfect the craft of writing and storytelling.
4: Nice. Nice. Uh, Ted. Yeah. Uh, well I was a, a decade earlier. I was seventies kid, So, um, I, really for me it was comics, you know, and, and, uh, especially amazing Spider-Man the seventies the Marvel stuff really hit me there was such weird stories going on. You had like the man thing. And, and then, uh, early eighties, the moon Knight, the first moon Knight series really was impactful on me. Um, it just seemed so much, um, edgier and, and then getting into like TV, uh, like twin peaks. I I just love the surreal nature of that. Alejandro Jodorowsky, um, one of my favorite directors, uh, yeah, but um, I try to also just derive influence from music as well. Um, a lot of musical theater and um, you know Van Halen or whatever. I just uh, I, I try to not um, I try to pull influence from a lot of different places. I should say. All
2: right. Cool. Cool.
4: Last but not least, Jeremy. Um, can you hear
0: me
2: better now? Not. So, it's still. It's still kind of breaking up a little bit. All right. But we'll, we'll,
1: sure.
2: yeah, it, I don't know if it, uh, try turning your mic off and turning it back on. Maybe that'll work. Uh, okay. But yeah, the, uh, the, the thing about like Willow, I I like that. I like that hit a lot. The, <laughs> the, 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 the movie Willow when I was little was, was pretty cool and good to get a Van Halen reference, you know, yeah. good to get a Van Halen reference in here. So so yeah, definitely. I like I like to hear that, especially getting that inspiration, especially from the music side, because I did want to after we get uh Jeremy's input, uh Jeremy, you back? You ready to or well, uh I did want to get um Is it better? Nah, it's still, but go, go. Let's let's go and see if it if it kind of like works itself out. Or oh, never mind. He he's a, he'll he'll probably be back. Um I did wanna get all right, cool. How You sound up?
0: Uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> I hope I sound better. Go, go, go. Yeah, yes, better. Yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the shows that inspired me to write was Tales from the Crypt as well as um Candyman. Um, I grew mm-hmm. up watching those when I wasn't supposed to, and I would, <laughs> oh, wow. you know, I would sneak and turn it to the horror channel and you know, watch that, and that's what kind of inspired me to do more short form storytelling,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um, I fell in love from that
2: point on and I know it's something I wanted to do nice nice Uh, I'll start off uh, with Ted with this one Um, since we're talking about making a story flow for you when it comes to the characters that you're crafting putting together whether it's that just their own you know their own story or interpersonal relationships is it more about the journey or the destination Oh, you're uh, uh, muted, sorry.
4: Okay, um, great question. For me, and I use this analogy all the time, I think I used it yesterday, but you you asked it exactly as I would answer it. I feel like I'm on a journey across country and I'm going to stop, but we're not taking uh, any highways. We're stopping at any, any cool little uh, village along the way. And that's kind of how you know, within the pages of our Opama book, we introduced this woman, Nikki Saint Clair, who becomes the tap dance killer. Images of her were being liked and shared by the thousands, which really, really wasn't happening for our main character, so launched her into her own book. It didn't stop Apama's book, but it did shift our focus for, you know, five issues. And then within that one, there was an opportunity to introduce another character, this punchline heavyweight boxer becomes a superpowered murderous clown. Now he's in his own series. And yeah, I, I think the journey um, is everything in comics, you know, and and I know where we're headed, but I'm not really in a big hurry to get there. Uh, I wanna I wanna explore everything along the way. Cool, cool. Uh, Jeremy,
0: I agree. The journey is most important, and I think reminding you know readers what the purpose of the journey is throughout is also important. That way, people are like, why am I reading? Just constantly reinforcing the purpose behind the journey
2: okay okay so uh brian uh
1: i think uh, i'm with the journey as well i actually hope that my characters never reach their destination right because that's the end so um i feel like all of us are like that um and i think that to kind of go off a little bit script here i think that was one of the problems maybe with the the star wars sequel trilogy is that you had characters reach their destination characters that people weren't necessarily ready to let go right because even when you have codas at the end of a book and it says oh yeah 20 years later such and such got married and they did whatever they did there's still room for them to do um so when we're watching these characters and even when we're watching our own lives we like to see what's happening the destination is never we know Wolverine reached his destination when we learned his origin. And I don't know about you guys, but that was probably one of the most disappointing moments in comics. It was great when he didn't know who he was and he was still trying to figure it all out. And then we got his origin and it was like, well, that's it. Uh, So uh, in terms of storytelling, uh, I guess even going back historically, you never really, you reach a goal, but you never really reach reach the destination of a character. And once you do that character is dead, both literally and figuratively.
2: Okay, okay, All right, I I see where you guys are going because I'm I will say I'm one of those people that like hard endings, but I I see where you're going. I see because we do have, especially when it comes to Justice League, Justice Society, X Men, Avengers, we have this like yeah. long soap opera, where you know it's like you know I mean it's like it's like Dallas, or Young and <laughs> the Restless, where it's like, it's like hasn't this guy been married like eight times? <laughs> <laughs> but, he's you know, that. you have these long, <laughs> sweeping dramas where, you know, Spider-Man has been, he's been young, he's been older, he's been young again, he's been cloned, the clones disappeared, I think the clone's back now, you know, Akka's been the spider, there's been Iron Spider, he's been unmasked, people forgot he'd been masked again, There's you know, all of those things. Um, and they, they all kind of... They all kind of help add to the mythos of what you know, readers or new readers, you know, kind of go through. Um, in in the way you build these stories, uh, what is important for you to put in their way as they you know as they kind of grow and and move on? Is it is it more kind of like love? Is it a hate thing? Is it just a, a genuine a genuine struggle or general struggle? Like, what are things that come in your mind like, oh, I want to make sure my characters face this or face that? Um, and I guess I'll throw that out to anyone who wants to uh, jump on it first. Um, I
0: would say it's pressure. You know, like, it's so easy to see someone trying you know, uh, through adversity, but it's, like, like I said earlier, it's the journey. So just keep stacking the pressure. Keep putting them through things, not to the point where you feel like, watching something and i'm getting depressed but it it should feel like a video game and i feel like that's why it shows like the mandalorian were successful because he lost lost the armor got the armor back got a new weapon you know like lost grogu of course i'm spoiling the whole show for anybody (laughs) who hasn't seen it i mean it's um,
2: available at home and right i have i have a rule about like it's available at home
1: if they haven't seen it by now, two years later, man, I feel like it's not spoilers at this point. Yeah, you don't, you're not off, interested bro. in
2: seeing it. It's right. okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. But he got beat up pretty bad, you know, and to quote an older 80s film, Robocop. I mean, talk about disassembled, you know what I'm saying? Like the man in the he lost his hand, lost his life, he lost his whole body, but we saw him bounce back and, you know, no, become a cyber cop or Android for that part, and just seeing people overcome that adversity, I feel like it gives people hope in real
2: life. Okay, okay. Uh, anyone
4: else? Um, I would say uh, for for me, it's it's equally important to what you know the even more so I think important than the battles or the fights or what what they're going on with their personal lives and um, you know. For instance, in our Apama book, our guy drives an ice cream truck for a living. So, you know, he's not your brilliant Peter Parker or wealthy Tony Stark. And there's no Avengers helping him out when things get out of control. So,
2: you know,
4: he's got a whole bunch of different kinds of challenges, mainly that he's just not very bright, you know, and, and that's part of where I hope the humor of the book comes out. You know, it's this very, you know, kind of early take on a superhero where it's just one, one guy and we're introducing villains one at a time. But... The supporting cast, all that stuff is, is where I think, you know, the, in my opinion, especially you, you look at a guy like Spider-Man again, where I think Peter Parker is so um, interesting, you know, his, his supporting cast with Harry and, and Harry's father and, and, you know, the Gwen Mary Jane triangle thing, like that is where we see ourselves in the characters. You know, we, we recognize these kind of relationships and yeah, the battles you know in a comic book you got to have that kind of stuff, and, and hopefully you can tell it in a in a fresh way. But if you can get somebody to believe in the struggles that this character has just in their personal life, I think you're going to be so much better off. And uh, I think that's where I, I, I do feel like when I read a lot of uh, a lot of stuff, that's what I find missing so much. I, I, and I, I especially with DC characters, you know no. I just—I always think the Marvel characters have so much more humanity, you know. And there is that old expression that the, the DC big characters, their disguise is their sort of alter ego, you mm-hmm. know, or Clark Kent or or you know Diana Prince or whatever. But like in Marvel, it's it's you know the human first, and the, the 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 costume is the is the powered character.
2: Gotcha,
1: gotcha.
4: Uh, Brian, uh, I think it's. Um
1: I think that there's like a nuance to it, right? Well, there should be nuance to everything you write. But the nuance being that you don't need to set things in front of your characters if you're writing your own characters because they run into things themselves. Any writer will tell you that they start on a story and it's going one way and then something comes out of nowhere in a line of dialogue, in their adversary, in the setting where uh, the human takes over, where the story evolves itself. Um, And so you get these, layered characters that are going through a multitude of things right so they they are their own worst enemy as they are characters so i think that that's a huge <laughs> part of it um but if we're talking about like mainstream characters uh, because they have that long soap operatic kind of history you have to write them differently the the one of the problems that we see in modern day i think some of the writing is yeah you can't write superman superman what does he do every time he just punches somebody in the face like that's ultimately what's gonna happen we're gonna have eight issues right like we're gonna have this whole great thing and at the end of it he's just gonna punch dr manhattan in the face like that's literally what happens and then they write batman the same way and they're like oh man we did this kind of mystery and we don't know what's happening and then he punches joker in the face and that, Like, it's what makes it. That's why people are like, oh, man, this story was dope. And then it wasn't, right? So uh, you have to write them differently. Superman's struggles are not going to be physical. Superman should be more of a cerebral comic in terms of, like, what he has to go through and why he's doing it whereas batman actually should be even though it's a cerebral comic and it's a detective comic it should be more physical in nature at the end of the day because what are you going to do look man the joker has poisoned the city he's done this there's a time clock i'm punching this dude in the face like that's the dude you punch in the face cuz like okay i don't have time to figure out no riddles or no jokes just just where's the code right like that's what it should be so um where's the code <laughs> right right like, like that was the one thing don't get me started but that was the one thing Nolan got right like where's the trigger punch him in the face where's the trigger punch him in the face like just give me the thing um so I, I think when we're talking about these genre pieces and these certain character pieces, um, you've gotta be kind of of two minds about it. You've gotta let your own characters evolve and create their own adversaries. Because like Ted said, like he had one character that's the the flagship character and then another one gets shared a thousand times, right? So you gotta be like, you have to pivot a little bit to give them their due to create this great story. Whereas you have a built-in audience and a built-in everything. if you're If you're writing Marvel, if you're writing DC, if you're writing image, you know, if you're writing, boom, necessarily.
2: All right, to step back a little bit from, you know, uh, writing in general or, well, I, I say the journeys in general, I mean, to make a story flow, you have to actually get to something that's going to make it to the page. And I, sometimes there, I, I've come across people that see people that are writing comics, you know, the, on a pro level or in the indie space um, that are just like out there selling books on the indie level, doing it up, living the pro lifestyle, and <laughs> I know these guys are like, "Yeah, living it up," bud. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but but um, speak to how many edits you have to go through, or you go through before it makes it t- because a lot of people think you just, "Hey, I wrote it. Hey, there it goes." And uh, to give guy, give people a sort of um, a look at how long or how, how many drafts, how in depth it goes, you know, how many times you chisel this, you know, sculpture before it's finished. Um, I guess I'll throw it to Jeremy. Oh man. It, it's a
0: nightmare. I can tell you. Um, <laughs> as, as a skilled and experienced beta reader and someone who shares their work with their peers, um, you get a little bit of everything from everybody you kind of got to pick and choose what you're going to take. And that's the most difficult part, in, in my experience, Um, from, you know, a group of people telling you, I want more emotion, and I want more romance. And then another side is like, I want more violence and carnage. And now your word count is expanding, and then you still have to edit that. So I want to say I entered a short story competition, and I had to revise my story several times. And it started off is just a character piece uh maybe three or four characters you know just to focus on the development and by the time I revised it several times it was like the light epic fantasy and I was like, like I don't know what this is but it's what the people want that's what they're gonna get <laughs> and uh um, yeah like it, it it's, it's quite the journey and it's something I enjoy and um you know like I said letting it become a life of so Let it evolve naturally and organically based on feedback.
4: Okay, okay. Uh, Ted? Um, yeah, my process is kind of weird. Like, uh, so, and, and it's one of the reasons I've, I've kind of struggled with the term calling myself a comic book writer because I don't feel like I can just sit down and write a finished comic book script. Um, at the same time, I'm doing so much more than what a writer would do. So... Mm -hmm. Um, for instance, um, you know, I will write a script, I give it to the artist and he sends me back very rough, rough layouts. Just, you know, you can barely tell what's going on on the page. But I, at that point I go right into illustrator, drop it in full page size and I letter it. And, you know, I can see if, first of all, are my, is this even working thematically from panel to panel, but then I I see my dialogue on the page and I'm like, man, that's a bad line, you know? And and so I fixed it right there. And then, um, you know, oftentimes I have to redo a layout. I send it back, you know, with the lettering in it that I've put in and now I get the pencils back, you know, and then I drop it back into illustrator and I'm looking at it with my dialogue again and my captions. And I'm like, man, this, I, I like this. I like this, this one, this one panel is driving me crazy. I can't find the right dialogue, but I know it's a problem. And I still got months probably working on this before I have to figure that out. So, you know, I'll work on it again. And then I approve it. I get the inks back, same process, drop it in. And then I finally figured out that line of dialogue. And then I do the coloring myself where I also have a chance to, you know, alter how this story feels on the page and then it drops back into illustrator. And then it's just, so for me, and what you said, chiseling it down, it is, it's like this big block that it gets more and more defined. And, you know, by doing my own lettering and my own coloring, I, I have this opportunity to really make, you know, the story flow, which is um, what I think is one of the, um, the, well, to this method, I think that's a, a real benefit, you know, when you can, you know, and I think any writer would benefit from playing with illustrator, you know, you don't have to mm-hmm. be able to do finished balloons or captions, but to give that to your letterer and say, yeah. you know, this is what it should be. You will be amazed at the opportunities that you have. And, and also, you know, being able to tell the artist, Hey, I need a little more dialogue here. You're going to have to drop this down. So there's more room. Cause a lot of artists, they just, they draw what looks good in one panel, but they're not thinking about the captions as much as they should. And uh, it, it actually makes their job easier because sometimes there's less to draw and then they can spend more time on the detail of what will be seen. So, yeah. So it kind of gives
2: them a roadmap sort of as, okay.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Nice, nice. Uh, uh, but uh, go go ahead. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, my fault. Uh, I'm definitely like Ted and, and that means that I'm editing all the way up to and through the lettering phase as well. Um, but I think to a finer point, um, I've edited for Mike Watson, I've edited for uh, Ace Blade, Danny Quick, uh, Lonzo Star, everybody at Wingless Comics, Greg Anderson, Elise, like I said, Robert Jeffrey, a bunch of people, right? The reason I say mm-hmm. that is because in our circle and in our jokes, um, I'm called the Shug Knight of Indie Comics. <laughs> and that's because I guess I'm a bully when I edit and I'm like, go back and do it again. That doesn't make sense. Tell me this. So, I mean, we'll go through uh, most editing sessions. I'll edit the book and then whoever I'm with, we'll get on a call and stay on and go through each edit for an hour, hour and a half or whatever we need to do. So it's a lengthy process, but it's a process that I think is worth it and it's necessary um, in terms of not losing that, right? Because as storytellers, we have a story in our brain right and so um what i often tell people is if you have to say what you don't understand is when they're explaining it to me then that means it's not on the page either and so your readers won't understand it but we do that a lot because we know the story so we can take this logically from a to d uh but the audience can't follow that it doesn't make sense to them so um uh, there's a not a quote but like a meme from uh from joe biden um, where he's like, it's we've got a million, billion, a million, trillion. Bl- that's how many edits I do. That's how many edits we do, a million, a million, trillion, billion. And then you finally get something on the page. And it looks like, oh yeah, man, we cranked this out in two weeks. Nah, man. It's 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 always brewing and it's always going. And it's and it's it's a never ending cycle. Cause I feel like all of us, we've all published something. So there have been times that we get it and the published work is out there and we're like, shit. I missed, (laughs) uh, but you hope that it just kind of works because again, it is a process. It's not just easy bang, bang, bang. And it's, and it's done.
4: If I could add something to that. Um, Go ahead. I think it's also important to get it in somebody else's eyes who doesn't know your character so well, you know, when you get, when you feel like it's close to done really uh, have some people that you can have read it before it goes to press. And they'll, I'm amazed at, you know, after even a million trillion edits, the stuff that somebody who doesn't really know the work will come up with, and it's just like, oh my god, yeah, you're right, that really doesn't, you know, make sense, or there's this huge typo that somehow everybody missed. Um, so, yeah, keep fresh eyes and, on it as well.
2: Yeah, fresh eyes definitely help. Uh, I, there's a there's a comic series right now that is pretty pretty well-received, pretty popular, and even in, I think the first volume, I was reading it and I got from the first to the second volume or like maybe at the end of the first volume and I was like, did I miss something? Like, I feel like, I feel like I missed like three pages, like a, like two or three pages. And I'm like, this is good. Like, it's well drawn. I, I like the story. I'm into like the style of like the the style of book. I'm trying not to, <laughs> I'm interested in the style, but, but I got to a part where I was wondering if I had missed something because there's like this jump and they don't ever go back and say, they just, just kind of like jump like, okay, now these people are fighting. And I was just like, uh,
1: huh?
2: No, like I know they're bad, but where were weren't y'all like somewhere else before you got here? And so, so yes, I, that happens. I mean, that even happens in, that's even happened in television, you know, and, and movies where I've been like, Hey, hold on. Did I miss an episode? Like mm-hmm. something's, I feel like I got lost somewhere and I know I'm watching every episode, but um, <laughs> speaking of, uh, speaking of episodes, speaking of movies, are there any recent, because I know, you know, people, you, I mean, we brought up Star Wars. We even have J.J. Abrams coming out. I mean, after we knew, but J.J. Abrams coming out be like, Hey, we, we didn't have a plan. But they, right. <laughs> you spent a billion uh. dollars you over a billion dollars with no plan. Look, I'm sorry. As someone with a budget, I have every plan for my dollars. I don't know what, I, but they knew their plan was, book bags, t-shirts, lunch boxes. Yeah. That was that was they But, but that's anyway. always
1: JJ Abrams. Real quick. That's all. Oh, okay, so let's be let's not be fair to JJ Abrams, but let's like let's call it what it is, right? He does very good beginnings, right? Like Dark Gilligan's Island. Oh man, that's a great show. And then how are we gonna end this? Uh it's it's time travel. Like he does that with every <laughs> he starts really well and it's cool ideas that we've always wanted, right? Because he's like a nostalgia freak, which is great. I love JJ Abrams, yeah. so don't get it twisted. Hey JJ yeah, 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 Abrams, if you happen nice. to see this, I love you, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is he starts really well. Then he hands it off to somebody without telling them, like, this is where I'm going to go. And then they do some stuff. And then he's got to come back in like, man, I got to clean up what you guys did wrong. And it's like, but if you had told them the whole time, it you wouldn't have been wrong, that. bro. Like, you just <laughs> you just gave me this and said, do some stuff. And I did it wrong. like it's it, that's. But every if you go at every seat, look, that's Alias. That's Jack and Jill. That's everything he's ever done is that setup. if you look at it. He starts wow. it off really well, he turns it over to somebody, and it goes off the rails, and then he comes back and he, like, patchworks up, like, he puts, like, a Band-Aid on a flood, he's like, oh, no, we got it, this is cool, right? It's and right. then it's right. Yeah, and then that's the ending, and everybody's like, I don't, I don't, what? Every so, single one of them.
2: I guess this is what? okay, but um, <laughs> is there, is there a, uh, is there a story in recent history, say, like, in the last ten years, that you felt flowed extremely well, Um, things that you can call out that kind of you were like, oh, okay, kudos.
4: I'll I'll say this, um, you know, and and I'm kind of drawing a blank, unfortunately, because I I do, uh, but uh, what I did start watching, because we're we're, uh, in the process of trying to develop our our whole world in like this TV pitch, and um, I subscribed to Masterclass you know, and, me too yes uh, yeah 189 bucks for the whole year and i am just devouring these things i, I absolutely love it i'm learning so much the james cameron one was fascinating yes. um uh, shonda rhymes i couldn't i mean she's just a, a a monster i mean i i just can't fathom how her her mind works but um but the guys who did stranger things also the duffer brothers just did one which super inspiring and it's all about what we're talking about you know how you make a story flow and all this stuff and um so you know as you guys go through the circle i may come up with a better example of like a, an actual movie or something that i thought was a, a really solid story but i tend to just go back to the, i'm rewatching a lot of stuff i used to like back you know david lynch stuff again or something like that
2: all right well i'll jump off i'll jump off of what you just said to uh to throw it uh and i guess i'll throw it to jeremy first stranger things I know, I know it's kids running around with a whole bunch of nostalgia, but wow, I'm not, there isn't one season where I'm like, oh, that's trash, or I don't like, and they're handling, like, (laughs) there's like 15 characters. There's like, there's like five adults, five kids, and then like four ancillary people. Like, they're juggling and everybody gets their little shine. Like, Like, they're really... The Duffer Brothers are actually really killing it, where there's way too many characters in the show. If you if you sat down and looked at other shows, you'd be like, there's way too many people in this. But somehow, everybody gets their moment to have their one-on-one with their brother, with, uh, with Mike, or someone gets their moment to cry with Lucas. Or, and you're like, wow, you know what? I'm really satisfied with what everybody went through. And that, to <laughs> me, it, it, they... Every season, that I'm thinking, nah, they'll probably fall off this season. You know, I mean, hey, come on. And then you look, you're like, you know, I had a good time watching this. <laughs> but, but for me, I, I think I'll throw out Stranger Things, especially since they're coming to their final season. and it Looks like they're, they're going to be holding it down. But uh, I'll throw it to Jeremy.
0: Um, I, I agree, Stranger Things is a great example. For me, it would be um, recently Netflix's Sandman. Um, there's an author named Rain Hall, and one of her rules for writing stories, particularly short stories that I I love, is that four to six characters per episode or per chapter. And I think that's one of the ways that Stranger Things and The Sandman is able to develop those characters, make you care about them. They give us a physical trait, like the Corinthian. Like, we know who the Corinthian is because the shades we know he's charming so we don't need to know anything else about him other than those things so just keeping those four to six characters on screen at a time we're able to internalize their of who they are and that's what makes the movie so effective even as fantastic as the same man is I mean you're not gonna forget those costumes you're not gonna forget those looks and um, don't even get me started on death like that episode happy in my feelings you know what i'm saying and just the way they presented her and the bargain her and her brother made about the guy wanting to live forever that episode just solidified that character forever we don't need to revisit his motive. we don't need to why is he doing this why does he look this we already know we have a whole hour with those 46 characters
2: and we got him forever and i can't believe this is cool cool brian
1: uh i'm gonna say obviously on the stranger things train uh so i jumped on the stranger things train kind of late i had a lot of people telling me it was great but it was i feel like they built those first like three to four episodes which made them a little bit slower but then the payoff that we've gotten in the next four seasons was worth it um also i think the duffer brothers have done it intelligently in terms of there's a big bad and there's something that they've got to defeat but everything and all the show is about the relationships it's not really about necessarily going and chasing down evil it's about saving people as opposed to like just outright battling evil until like the last you know season or whatever because it's rushing towards the end um but I, for me there are a couple notable works man train to busan was amazing i don't know if you guys have seen that but yeah, the story very... forming on that in terms of a uh, creek giving you a zombie story of a different kind in a, in a different form i think was amazing um top gun maverick bro Best movie of the year to me so it, far. Though. Oh, my God. Now I can't spoil it because I wanted to spoil oh, it. Oh, man. Go see it. So Top Gun Maverick. Now, I haven't seen Woman King, which I heard was really, really great as well. But if we're just talking about like a movie, I'm not talking about a film. I mean a movie. Top Gun Maverick is one, probably the best sequel or top five sequels ever made. It's also like, quote unquote, the He's best. Absolutely record. right in history, right? <laughs> if you want to call that. Thank you, see, Sorry, I, I didn't just... try men in, right? Completely true. Um, uh, what else? Um, what was the one, uh, the game, oh God, what was it? That's from, it's from Korea as well. Um, uh,
4: uh, uh, what's call calling?
1: Squid Game. Squid Game is a, an excellent series. Um, so there are a lot of really well, kind of really deep story. But again, I feel like all of them have a thing happening, but you, but what's really important is the relationships that uh, that are formed uh i'll use michael bay real quickly because everybody kind of gives michael bay junk right and i'm still a michael bay fan i haven't watched ambulance or whatever it is yet but i still like the guy but if you go from bad boys one to bad boys three bad boys one had the props and the explosions and the guns right but what was it really about it was about martin and will like, and their interaction and how they did what they did, and one being the strong silent, one being the funny and loud, but like both of them, they were equally matched. Now, as the series progressed, that dynamic changed. My, uh, Will became like the biggest, smoothest, coolest, shootingest dude in the universe, <laughs> and Martin became basically like your Pratt Fall comedy kind of guy, right? And yeah. so that is a, a degradation of of those series, and that, you know what I mean? like. That kind of story forming. Oh, Robert Jeffrey just dropped in the, in the, um in the chat. Arcane and Castlevania. Yes, classics, sir. Yes, hundred Notice
2: we keep bringing up Netflix.
1: Perfect. Netflix story forming is
2: killing Netflix it, bro. Like. Netflix be holding it down,
1: but (laughs) yeah. Uh, So, I was I will say also, if we're talking about book to series things, don't sleep on Amazon Prime. Jack Ryan was good, Terminal List is good, Uh, A League of Their Own is good. They've got a couple that you know come from some source material that has been they've been pretty amazing.
2: True that, true that. So, I know we're coming up on time. Uh, I want to thank all of you guys for coming through, of course. Thank you freestyle comics. Uh, I'm going to throw it uh, again. Uh, I'm going to go out to Ted first. Uh, of course, uh, what are you working on now? Where can people find you?
4: Yeah, we just uh, uh, released our 12th issue of Apama last week. Um, and Hero Tomorrow is the website, herotomorrow.com. I'm also on uh, you know, Ted Sikora, um on any of the social medias, um, as is Hero Tomorrow.
2: Nice, nice. Uh, Jeremy? I'm working on dropping horror stories for every day of October
0: on the
1: storymonster.com.
2: And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Story Monster. All right, all
1: right. And Brian? Uh, we just finished up Immortalis on Kickstarter. We're going to be launching her number one uh next month. So you guys stay tuned for that. Uh we're Wingless Comics on Facebook and Instagram. We're Wingless Entertainment on Twitter, uh, Wingless ENT. Uh, and you can find me obviously on all the various social media platforms as well.
2: Nice, nice. And of course, I am your humble moderator, Nerd Soul, N-E-R-D-S-O-U-L. You can find me online anywhere. You just search that up. But I am mostly on YouTube streaming on the weekends, except this weekend because it's all about freestyle comics. But uh, we are covering, you know, like Atlanta, doing some gaming. We got Nerd Soul Light over hey. here um <laughs> and uh covering uh rings of power as well as me dropping a whole bunch of audio asking you token questions because it's someone who's seen the movies but hasn't really delved into it like I don't know token universe like I know star wars so I have a whole bunch of questions for all my token peeps out there, and you guys have been helping me answer those questions. You know, I've been dropping those as I've watched. The, I've been watching the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. So thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, with that said, I thank the panelists once again. You guys are awesome, um, and I'm ready to throw it back over to Mr. Watson. You know, Randy's favorite brother. Uh, <laughs>
3: Chill, chill, I think it's time for me to save the day. Grease, grease. Y'all know what it is. A hot shot.
0: Let me heat it up.